Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on the Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me as well. Today it is Thursday, March the 18th. Hope you're having a great week. Martin and I are going to break down our NCAA tournament brackets one by one right here on the show. And we're going to, what we'll do is we'll, we'll just continue to talk until one of us has a game that gets lost. And then we can obnoxiously tweet, there goes my bracket. I'm kidding. Uh, we're no, we're going to Vegas, too. Yeah, we're not going to talk. So we'll be from Las Vegas, live from Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> we're, we're actually not going to talk about the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Uh, and we're not going to Vegas. Not going to Vegas. We're going to talk about just stuff. There's a New York Post story today about taxes and 400000 or 200000 and the quote is small, too significant, which kind of feels like a big word. Small, too significant, because small is one thing and significant is kind of the opposite of that. So we're going to talk about some of those things, and um, I'm going to try not to go on too much of a rant. Martin will probably try to rein me in or um, or laugh let you and, run or laugh and fuel it. We'll see one of the, one way or the other. So anyway, uh, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is absolutely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product, of course. You'll love the service. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. People say, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. Martin, as you might know, works for Pinnacle Trust. He's kind of a big deal at Pinnacle Trust. So I'm going to get him now to tell you about why you should at least give Pinnacle Trust a call and see if maybe they're the um, the perfect people for uh, planning your uh, financial future, your retirement plans, and those type of things. Martin, take it away. Indeed. I appreciate you, my friend. Um, man, I'm going to piggyback a little bit about what you you uh, teased the show on the front end, um, you know, with regards to taxes, because, um, man, taxes are super important, which is kind of a, I know is like a, everyone knows that, uh, but they're very important with regards to people's investment portfolios too. Not only does policy, um, you know, have an impact on the growth of markets, but uh, one of the things we talk about with our clients is, you know, making sure portfolios are tax optimized or tax efficient. And essentially what that means is investing isn't always about just what you make. It's about what you keep. Uh, for example, uh, our our listeners that killed it in GameStop, right? They bought it at $20 a share. And they had the magic crystal ball in front of them, and they sold it at four hundred fifty dollars a share. Mere a mere, you know, two months later, 
um, they have a gain of 450 minus 20 of $430 a share, right? Neil, simple math. I'm terrible at public math, but that's sure. simple. Sure. Right? Sure. So they were smart enough to sink their entire life savings in. And let's say that that uh, $430 a share was actually, they invested 10000 and they sold for 450000 right? Which is a hell of a gain two months later. So they made a profit of 430000 uh, they are about to give half of that to Uncle Sam, you know, give or take, because you had short-term capital gains, which means that you didn't make 430000 You know, you made somewhere like two hundred fifteen, which is still a great payday, right? I mean, all day long, I'll take $215,000 in a two-month period, yeah. but you didn't, you didn't make four hundred thirty. You made two two fifteen because of taxes. So taxes are important. And, you know, if you're doing it on your own and this year you made a killing day trading and all of a sudden you're about to do your taxes and you better get ready to pay the piper because Uncle Sam is going to say, hey, thank you so much for making me some money. Um, if you're doing it on your own and you didn't have anyone to give you those tax, tax optimization advice, that's one of the things we do with our clients. So, um, you know, our phone number is 601 957 we help people kind of plan those things out ahead of time so you don't have surprises on April 15th or May 15th or whatever the new deadline is now. Um, you know, reach out. You can reach out to us through phone or info at PINNtrust.com or you can reach us, reach us on social media, Facebook, either the Pinnacle Trust page uh, or Twitter. We'll respond back to you. Let's dive into the show, man. All right. So I got up this morning. I had a... Um a long story that I was finishing up. So I, I was kind of on my mind last night and I got up and I do what I kind of always do. I poured myself a cup of coffee and kind of got my cobwebs out because I was writing a story about um, Ole Miss baseball coach Mike Bianco was kind enough earlier this week to give me a good amount of time. Ole Miss starts SEC play tomorrow. You might be thinking, why the hell are you talking about this? I get to it. No, I'm, I'm in, I'm um, in, man. I like the rabbit trails. They they they, uh, they they start SEC play tomorrow, and so it reminded me that you know a week a, a year ago this time not to the exact date but a year ago at this point in the schedule is when everything fell apart because Ole Miss had finished um, not finished but they had finished the pre SEC portion of their schedule and Ole Miss was getting ready to open SEC play last season um, at home against LSU when everything began to fall apart on that Wednesday and the season was canceled on Thursday and the kids were sent home on Friday and there was no SEC play. So I called Mike Bianco and he was kind enough to give me, I don't gosh, I don't know, half hour or more and, and which is um, not particularly common these days. And I asked a lot and he kind of took me through that time and we talked about what he'd learned and how it had changed his perspective. And it was one of those deals where um, you know, I don't cover baseball for us. My my colleague Chase Parham is the baseball beat writer. I cover football and basketball. He does the baseball. So I, I don't deal with Bianco as often as Chase does. Yet I'm I'm always very appreciative when a uh when a coach or anyone gives me that much of his or her time and I want to make sure that I do justice to the story that I'm working on. And so I had transcribed it 
and you know, yesterday I I transcribed it, and I was a little tired. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to work on it tonight. I'm, I'm going to work on it tomorrow when I'm when I'm fresh. So I got up and I poured a cup of coffee, like I said, and I opened up my phone, and one of the first things that got pulled up <clears throat> was a New York Post story, and I'll just say that my blood started pumping quicker than usual. <laughs> the heart rate was already like you're on the treadmill. Because the lead in the New York Post is White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Psaki, however you say her name, P-S-A-K-I, on Wednesday clarified that President Biden's proposed tax hike would apply to people who earn $200,000 per year if they are married to someone who makes the same amount. Psaki, or however you say her name, said at her daily press briefing that the proposed $400,000 threshold for tax increases applies to, quote, families, end quote, rather than individuals. The right. clarification significantly lowers the tax hike threshold announced by Biden in an ABC News interview that aired Wednesday. Biden's interview statement appeared to indicate the cutoff would be $400,000 in individual income. Quote, yes. Anybody making more than 400000 will see a small to a significant tax increase, end quote, <laughs> Biden told George Stephanopoulos. Biden added, quote, if you make less than 400000 you won't see one penny in additional federal tax, end quote. All right. So... I made the mistake, Martin, and I, I, I'm, I'm getting better about this, but I'm, I don't know that I'm to the point where I'm perfect. Twitter, I have found, if you just read the tweets, is okay. But if you allow yourself to read the replies to damn near anything, you can quickly go down, as you call them, rabbit holes. Yeah, you lose your religion, man. And you can... Yeah, well, you, yeah, you lose a lot, religion <laughs> included. So I made that mistake this morning as yeah. I was drinking my first cup of community coffee. Thanks to the oh, people. Plugging coffee? Huh? Are we plugging coffee? I want to plug my coffee to you. I, I, drink, I drink 8 o'clock coffee. Yeah, 8 o'clock's okay. I like it fine. I'm, I'm a Louisiana boy, and so I think there's a sentimental. Right I, I respect that. that. I think I there's a that. sentimental thing about community. It's they're, they're you know it's it's fine. I, I, sometimes I like Dunkin' a lot. Um, I, but I, I, man, that is that is a good brew. I just uh, like coffee. There's something about coffee, just in general, that I just like. Coffee's like a comfort thing to me. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's for me. It's a it's a it's a piece of my routine to start the day. So if I miss my first my early morning shower, my routine is out of the bed. I brew my coffee. I shower, I pour my coffee. Like, that's my routine. If any one of those two get jacked up, my day gets... I understand. Totally jacked up. I understand. So, I went down the, I went down the rabbit hole, and a couple of different themes emerged that set me off. One was someone said, I think they'll survive. I don't like that word, Survive. Because, and I'm going to get to this, I promise, I promise. But what got me was, that's not the, the American dream. Is not survive. Bingo. It's, it's to prosper. Yeah. The American dream is to be able to retire. Yeah, right? Thrive. You guys, when you sit down with people at Pinnacle Trust, 
and y'all talk about building a, a, a box just for them, building a plan just for them. One of the questions that you guys ask, I know because I went and sat at Pinnacle Trust and we talked about this. One of the questions you ask is, hey, what do you want to do? Because Absolutely. some people have different retirement plans than others. Some people are homebodies. And their yes. idea of retirement is, you know what we'd really love to do is, I'd like to plant a garden in the back. and Do volunteer work. Yeah, whatever. That's yeah. Good, Hey, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing anybody before anybody thinks I'm making fun. And some yeah. people, you say, hey, what do you want to do when you retire? And he or she looks at you and says, I want to see the world. Yeah, I get dude, one, we, have, we, have, we have both, all spectrums and everything in between. I get one trip on this rock. And I'm going to maximize it. And yep. then you get some people that go, you know what I want to do? I want to be a grandmother. I want to be a grandfather. I want to, I want to be there for my children. I want to be, I want to, I, I want to have a whatever, I, whatever. But the point yep. is, the point is I'm going to guess that the majority of the people, if not all of the people who come into the offices at Pinnacle Trust and they sit down with you and your colleagues. And when you ask that question, when you say, Mrs. Jones, Mr. Jones, what is it you would like to do with your retirement? I'm going to guess that their answer is not, well, Martin, we just want to survive. No, those are generally not Pinnacle Trust clients. Um, you know, most of the people that we work with, uh, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, you know, we only work with the uber wealthy. We work with normal everyday people, you know, that have saved money in their 401ks. Um, you know, they have social security, they have a little bit, you know, tucked away in savings and you're right. None of them come in going, man, I just want to eat rice and beans and I'm not, I'm plugging Dave Ramsey, but I'm not advocating nor bashing him. You know, I just want to eat rice and beans through my retirement. I never want to leave the house. Um, you know, I don't want to do anything. No one comes in that way. You know, and, and exactly what you said is true. Some people's aspirations are, hey, you know what? I raised a family. I worked hard. I saved my money. And now my kids have moved to Nashville or Orlando or, you know, Atlanta or Charleston. And I want to be a part of my, grand my grandchildren's life. So what do we have to do to, you know, be close to the grandkids? Um, some people say, hey, I raised my kids and now, now it's their turn. They get to suffer and they're on their out. own yeah like, of course and i'm i'm traveling the world and i'll come i'll drop in and see the kids and grandkids a couple times a year and bam i'm traveling you know different folks have different ideas of what a dignified retirement looks like but zero of them say man i just want to survive no that's not reality so the other thing that came up was from people Tax them. Just tax them. <laughs> tax them. Yeah. Now, I could paint a brush of where those comments came from, but I won't. They came from the Wall Street Bets subreddit, right? Stick it to the man. No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. It was, it was, let's just tax them. Yeah, just tax them, tax them, tax them. And I'm like, wait, hold up. And I kind of started thinking to myself, this is this is a result of of. of a failure in the education system. This is this should be this should be the kind of thing that should be sending up warning flares 
when this is the common perception. When you when you just tax and tax and tax, and you tax and tax and tax, rich people don't, because most rich people, the overwhelming majority of rich people worked their way too rich. They, they earned it. Oh, sure, there's some people that are born with a silver spoon. No doubt about it. But most people who have become wealthy became wealthy through work, ingenuity, work right. ethic, excellence. That's how they became wealthy. Well, those people are typically smart. And so if you raise taxes on them, oh, they'll pay their taxes. Now, they'll try to figure out every way in the world to not pay those taxes, but they'll pay their taxes. Correct. And they'll stop spending as much, which means it trickles down. What trickles down, you ask? The pain. They won't hire as many people. I mean, I can tell you, I'm a small business owner, and I'm successful. We've had, we've had, thank God, real success. We've worked. We've had real success. I've not been afraid to try things. I've not been afraid to fail things. If you told me 10 years ago that I would be co-hosting a financial podcast, I would have said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> no way. But here we are. Man. So. Laughing all the way to the bank, right? Well, I'm trying to. <laughs> but my point is this. That's a little sarcasm there. But. No, it's okay. My, my, my point is, is, so when you tax people, if you tax me to a point where I'm, well, the decision I'm going to make is I just won't have as many employees. My overall product might go down a little bit, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, frankly, I'm not going to pay for it. And I, I'm always amazed at how many people don't understand that. I'm always amazed at how many people don't get it. How many people don't understand that the majority of people who've gotten to that point where someone's making $400,000 a year or more, those people very, very, very typically, they're pretty good. Pretty good at what they do. They typically employ people. If you make more than that, you're probably living in a nice house. Well, Martin, if you live in a nice house, it has air conditioning. It has central heating. People have to come install that. They have to come repair that. They have to come replace that. If they live in nice houses, they probably have kids that go to schools. They're buying clothes. They're buying cars. They're buying goods. The idea of, of hating rich people is bizarre to me. And again, I'm not saying that money should be the great God. Not at all. Money money's not everything. And the whole deal about you can't buy happiness, I'm, I'm, I agree. But this, this thing about you're just going to want to tax people and tax people and tax people. And at the same time, this is the same administration, the risk of getting political here, who keeps talking about stimulus packages. We've now been through 54 weeks of COVID, and we've passed, what, three massive three. stimulus packages? Yep. This debt is going to come to roost soon, if it hasn't already. And I, I realize two of those were a Republican president, one now with a Democratic president. 
this last one, and I probably would say the same thing of the first two, this last one feels kind of crazy. But anyway, I just look at that and I think, what are we doing? And I, I don't I don't know that we're telling I don't know that we're educating people enough on what that amount of money is. Because for example, a person making two hundred thousand dollars a year, I mean it's good money, but in a lot of places that's not that's not wealth. And when you talk about a small to significant, well, that's two different words there. Small or significant. When the president of the United States uses the word significant, I'm, my ears perk up like, whoa, what are we talking about? So if you're going to put an, a significant tax increase on people making more than $400,000 a year, what happens to those people? Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you that they're probably not really changing their standard of living. They're just going to have fewer employees. They're going to do fewer things. They're going to travel a little less. They're going to do a few fewer things. Maybe they won't maybe they won't buy that second home somewhere. Maybe they they'll change what they do, but they're they're that whole tax them, punish them. No, you you should we should be creating a society where people look at those people and aspire to that. I'll give you a little anecdote about me, Martin, then I'll shut up. Because it's making fun of me, but I thought about the answer to it. So I do a podcast with Jay Tate and Gabe DeArmond. It's called Greatest Pod in the South. Yep. It's presented by Automation, presented by Automation and Control Systems LLC. It's ACSLLCMS.com. Anyway, we talk about all sorts of crap. And uh, Jay Tate, who covers Auburn for Rivals.com, longtime friend of mine, real funny guy. The reason that people listen to the show is for Jay, no question. And Jay was talking about a movie called Friday. And I had to admit, knowing that I was going to be ridiculed, that not only had I not seen the movie, I'd never heard of it. And they couldn't believe that. I mean, I could believe you didn't see, you never saw it, but you never even heard of it? Never heard of it. Oh, man. And so one of the questions was from those guys as they made fun of me, I think Gabe said, what were you doing from 1995 to 2003? You were working, weren't you? And so I thought about it for a minute, and and I actually came up with the answer. 1995, I was 25 years old. By 2003, I was 33, and I was the father of two. And I can tell you exactly what I was doing for those eight years. I was working my ass off. Yeah, you were grinding. That's what I was doing. I was grinding. I was grinding. I can tell you exactly what I was doing in 1995 because I was starting, kind of starting my career. And by in, by 2003, I was getting a promotion off the Auburn beat. I had started a, a radio show in Mobile. And I'm not saying this to brag at all. I'm saying, but I, I thought about the answer to it. And in 2003, my goal was still to be a national reporter. I wanted to work for the Washington Post. I wanted to work for the New York Times. I wanted to work for ESPN. I wanted to work for the Los Angeles Times. I wanted to be a national reporter. That's what I wanted. I had friends who had become national reporters, and I wanted to be a national reporter. Obviously, it didn't happen. But that's what I was trying to do in those eight years. 
And I think you could go back and find a window of time from 1995 to 2008, frankly, and ask me a whole lot of pop culture stuff, and I would, I would, I would score a great big flat zero. I have no idea. I worked. I worked two jobs, and I worked hard, and I did not stop, and I was aspiring to do something. And I'm not saying this to brag about me at all, but that's the answer to the question. How did you not know about that movie? Because it, I, I was working. And my point like, is, my yeah, point, like terms "smoky," that don't, that don't mean anything to you. Or "by Felicia," that actually came from from Friday. I mean, that term, oh, everyone's heard the term that term "by Felicia." I've heard that term, but if you had asked me before just now, like um, for this very <laughs> moment, where did that term come from? I would have had no idea. It's Friday, Craig. See, I've, you ain't got a job. Never heard that. I, I don't need day off. And I'm not bragging about it. I mean, it's not it's not something to brag about because, I mean, I, I'll give you another example. It hit me today a little bit. I was talking to somebody about uh, they were going snow skiing. And I grew up, my dad took us water skiing. I grew up in North Louisiana. We went to Lake Claiborne and Lake Darbone, and we would go into Arkansas. We'd go to Lake Pettigene. And we went snow, we went water skiing all the time hydra sliding with the the board you know behind the the thing and we I, I could i could drop a ski and slalom and um i did all that stuff and that was a big we went hiking not hiking actually went hiking too but we went camping we did all of those things family outings all the time my mom and my dad and me and my two brothers and there were families that we would go with and stuff like that and you know i mean those were a big part of our childhood i've never taken my kids water skiing never not one time why because every weekend during their childhood, I worked. I covered games. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have time. I mean, I, I did a, a radio show on Friday that didn't go off the air until six o'clock. I mean, I never did those things with my kids. I mean, I, I, and it's a life regret. If I'm honest, I've I've apologized to them. I've told them because Caroline went water skiing with another family a couple of years ago, and she was like, "Oh my God, that was so much fun!" And I was like, "Yeah, that's, I, I'm sorry. I I failed you there." But. When people do this about tax them, tax them, just go get them. It's like, yeah, you're, 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 you're talking about taxing people who, for the most part, are really contributing to society. They're, they're the ones paying the overwhelming glut. You could tell me the numbers. The overwhelming glut of the taxes are being paid by people who make money, not by people who are, are struggling to make ends meet. Those people typically aren't paying much tax. Right. They generally get, they're generally getting refunds. Because they've overpaid in their, in their, uh, in their paycheck. But the tactic. word, but the word "survive" really hit me this morning. It really kind of got me going. It got the juices flowing. It, it, it. it if I'm frank, it motivated me because uh, I came in here and worked on that story and finished that story and wrote a story. And if I'm honest about it, Martin, to be a complete ass, I thought about a couple of the people that use the word "survive," and I thought you, I just did something you couldn't do. I just wrote something you couldn't write. If I'm honest about it, that's kind of how I felt. Because at the end of the day, you're either a competitor or you're not. At the end of the day, you either are, are a striver or you're not. At the end of the day, you either you either crave success or you don't. Simple as that. Yeah, man, it's, it's funny. Uh, I was having breakfast with uh, two CPAs that we've actually had on the show, uh, Mike Carraway and Jessica Cooley, uh, awesome people. I was eating breakfast with them yesterday, and I don't know how we got on topic about it, but I actually we were talking about you know 
was there competition in your house? And for my brother and I, there was always competition. It's like we competed on everything, whether it was, you know, who brushed their teeth the fastest, who bathed the fastest, who ate the fastest. It was, everything was a competition. And, um, you know, Mike was saying that, uh, you know, he had a younger sister. They didn't really compete. Um, you know, and, and I think some people, people are just wired different, Neil. Like some people get up every day wanting to achieve and wanting to compete. And some people get up every day just going, Hey man, I'll be super grateful if I, you know, earn my paycheck and, and I go home and, and that's okay. It's okay to have, you have to have society has to have different people to play different roles, you know, in society, but it does kind of sound, you know, it's like, Hey man, if, if you're an achiever, if you're a creator, if you're a builder, you gotta, you gotta pay a premium for, for having your talents and, and you're right too. A lot of the uh, a lot of the people who are creators, who are builders, who are achievers, um, they will find ways to to end up not paying as much as you know as as the government is going to try to tax them. They'll they'll find ways to legally work around it, whether it's through their business, uh, you know, go do things that will uh, would create opportunities for write offs. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you're right. If, if cash flow starts getting tough because they run out of write-offs, um, they just won't invest into human capital or, you know, or build, um, you know, a new location that they were going to build that would employ, you know, 10 more people or 20 more people in that area. Or if you're talking, you know, big, big business, which we're, we weren't talking about big, big business, we're talking about individuals. Um, but, you know, big business will just delay, um, you know, building a factory or building a new storefront or, you know, or, or expanding economically into an area. And that's what happens when, when there's overreach and taxes. Uh, but I do believe there's a balance and I can't tell you where that balance is. And, but I know it's not the extremes, you know, one or the other, uh, balance, balance is, balance is, uh, it's good for everybody, but it's not, uh, it's not just, you know, a Robin Hood, you know, steal from the rich to give to the poor. That's not balance. No, and I, I agree. I think you know, they're, they're obviously, people who make a lot of money, they, they, we should, we should all pay taxes. I mean, I'm, if I'm honest, and not to get down this rabbit hole, we can do this another time. You or you can show, you can probably tell me where it does or doesn't work. Sometimes I'm one of the flat tax people. Everybody pays the same percentage. Just, I know people say it doesn't work. Frankly, it's what feels fair. Yeah. If, if we're being honest about fair. Sometimes I'm also one of these people that if, I think if everybody saw, I'm, I'm more attuned to taxes now as a small business owner than I was when I was an employee. Yes. Well, you have to be, man. Because here's why. Here's why. Yeah, you're responsible here's, for yeah. a lot more taxes too. So when I worked at the Mobile Register, right? taxes came out of my check that money was never in my hands and now as a small business owner that money is in my hands for 24 48 hours correct that money's in my hands and my uh my accountant um danielle will send me typically typically an email sometimes a text hey are you you ready to do payroll 
Are you ready to do? You ready to do tax? <laughs> my answer is my answer to her is always yeah. Go ahead. My answer in my head is hell no. I'm not ready. Don't take my money. But I watch. Yeah, you know, I watch I my money disappear. Realize too that when you're an employee, when you're a W two, that you know there's withholdings from your paycheck for taxes. For let's say it's five hundred bucks out of a paycheck, your employer also pays. $500 or they match the, um, you know, what's taken out for, for payroll taxes. I, I don't know that a lot of people know that. They don't, they don't, they don't understand it. And so that's why when I end up having to have conversations with people about what taxes mean and stuff, like I'll have people that, that will send me stuff. Hey, do y'all have any openings? Do you, do you need a producer? Do you need what am I? Yeah. I mean, do I need sure. Can I afford it? Nope. I can't if I if I hire you, not only do I pay you the salary that I pay you, but I pay taxes on that salary. That's right. So no, I can't I can't hire you. I mean, I I, I deal with that all the time. And so, you know, I mean, it kind of goes full circle to my point. It what it tells me is that we're failing people in the education system. We're not there we're not teaching them how this works. They're not learning it. They don't understand it. Yeah, and man, and if, and I'm gonna run a little further down this rabbit trail too, because I've just had to do it, um, you know, in the last few months. Another thing folks don't realize is, like, let's say someone makes you know fifty thousand bucks, um, you know, at their at their job, and you know, the fifty thousand dollars is their gross income, right? So the employer, you know, shells out the fifty thousand dollars, and then let's say on that 50,000 bucks, just for easy math, because I don't want to get into the, the real calculations. Let's say that, you know, they have, the employer has to pay an additional $5,000 in payroll taxes, right? For, you know, for that employee. So the true cost of the employee is not $50,000. It's 55,000. And then they also match on their 401k, right? If you have an employer that matches your 401k. And let's just say that they match, you know, $2,500, which would be 5% of the salary. We're just using easy math. So really now we're up to $57,500 is the true cost of the employee. And then if they have benefits and the employer is really benevolent and they say, hey, we're going to pay a piece of your, um, you know, your health care. We'll cover some of your health care costs, your dental, all of those things. Uh, let's just say that's another you know, $2,500 just for easy math again. So we're at $60,000 of true cost for an employee and they make, and they're making $50,000, right? So if that employee says, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go do this on my own. That's where a lot of folks get the eye opening. And this is probably what you've experienced in your life. Neil is the eye opening experience of, Oh my gosh, for me to take home, you know, 40,000 bucks, and, you know, and then that's even probably before you really start paying, you know, a lot of other taxes, you've got to make, you know, 60, 65, 70,000, and then you've got to go out and get your own insurance and you've got to go create your own retirement plan. And the employer used to pay the pay, the and payroll taxes for you. Now you have self-employment taxes that, that you pay, which is double the, the rate of when you're an employee because you're paying the employer's half. So, to be able to generate the same amount of income takes a whole lot more revenue. 
but the reward on the end at the end of the day is that you have some flexibility. You created something. You have something that you can sell at some point, um, and then you can you can grow. You're you're in charge. You're the boss. You can grow it or run it into the ground as much as you want to. Um, and there's a lot of risk in that. Yeah. And then you got to start hiring people once you start growing it. So yeah, it's a there's a lot that goes into it that most people don't realize. Yeah, it's it's um it's eye opening. And and my point is I didn't know any of those things until I got into it. It it it's it tells me more and more that this is what needs to, we need to be teaching these things in middle school and high school. We need to be keep, people need to understand this. That this is way too much I don't know. And maybe they are in in private schools. The 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 public school system doesn't allow for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not required curriculum in private schools, but I know Christopher shameless plug, you know, goes to Jackson Prep. Sure. Um one of the classes that he's taking as a junior and he elected to take it. They didn't tell him, "Hey, you have to." And it's an elective. Is um he's taking some entrepreneurship classes, which has been great for him. But he's also taking a financial management class, and then they are doing the basics of budgeting. And he had to he had a simulation to where, you know, he didn't get to choose his quote unquote wife. Um, he, you know, he drew a wife, and then he drew her income and her expenses and her debt, and then he had to like pay for a wedding and do all this budgeting stuff. And he came to me. This was last week, man. He came to me and he's like, "Dad, my wife just took all of my cash." that I had in savings. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, man? He's like in the simulation, I had money in savings and I don't make a lot of money, but I had saved some money and we paid off our wedding and, a, and her debt and I don't have any money anymore. I was like, dude, welcome to life. Welcome to the real world, my man. Welcome to life. Uh, you know, and it's kind of reversed for me. You know, my you wife, you, you uh, and your wife need to go have a conversation. Is that what you said to her? Did you no, say, no, hey, you no, know, no, you my need, wife you need inherited she inherited some debt or she married some debt and married some, you know, some stuff with me when, you know, when we got married 10 years ago and, uh, she, she was the one that <laughs> she drew the short end of the stick. She had cash in her account, and no debt. And, uh, I had just moved back from DC and I was, you know, freshly divorced and racked up debt and to make ends meet and, you know, and, and starting all over again. So, uh, so I was she was she was the one that got the short end of the stick on that one. I think she's, I think it's paid off for her though. She married you for your body though, so it all worked out. I mean, she knew I, she knew I've going got in. Sexiest dad bod you have ever seen in your life, man. I know. I mean, that's what's what I've heard. that's what I've heard. That's what sources sources <laughs> told me that that's she she married you for your body. So she did my dashing good looks and my yeah. sexy dad bod. Yeah, Laura married me for looks. There's no question about that. I mean, no doubt, no doubt. She. She looked at me and said, you know, I don't know whether he'll ever be able to provide or not. But he's going to make good looking kids. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be a very nice guy. I hear bad things, <laughs> but just look at him. Look at that sexy bald head. I mean, I mean, she just said, who could say no? All right. Um, that's my rant for the day. I appreciate you listening, Martin. I feel, I feel like it was cathartic. Man, you know, sometimes you just got to get that stuff, got to get it out. And, and I actually, you th the thing I love about the show too sometimes, and, uh, and this happens in life outside of the show, is 
I'll unload my stuff to someone and they'll sift through the garbage with me. And they're either like, Hey man, that makes sense. And sometimes I'll be like, man, I have no idea what you're smoking, but that makes no sense whatsoever. The beauty of the beauty of having people to be honest with you, man. There's no doubt. There's just a part of me that, I don't know, you know, look, elections have consequences and, and, and the previous administration made a lot of mistakes too. I, I am one of the things that, you know, it's way too early to go there. But one of the things that I'm already starting to keep an outside eye on is it does feel, feels like as we get closer to 2022 and we get into another election cycle, which will be followed immediately by another election cycle, Yep. elections have consequences and and when elected people start changing the words usually there's a price to pay for that i mean almost always there's a reason that whether it was george w bush or whether it was uh bill clinton or whether it was barack obama or donald trump there's a reason that midterm elections usually involve some correction yeah and and words matter man Words matter. Yes. Well, they certainly should. What's what's another topic? We'll tease it for another show. But another another topic. It's one of the things I actually do want to get some media people on my shows, maybe this show, some different shows, and talk about one of the questions I'd love to ask media people. Are you concerned that your credibility's been lost? Are you concerned that people don't trust you anymore? that viewers, that readers don't trust you anymore. Because I'll tell you this, a journalism thing that I always learned in school, and I heard uh, Brett Dawson say this, and Brett's a longtime newspaper guy, worked for The Athletic, and then he got laid off in the pandemic and has become um, a professor of journalism, and I I think I'm underselling his title, at uh, the University of Missouri which is one of the premier journalism schools in the country. And he said one of the things that he's already started saying to his students is it takes, it can take you 10 years to develop credibility and take you 10 seconds to lose it. And I wonder, I wonder in our field, my field, if that's been lost to the point that you can't get it back. I, I really do. I, I, a lot of, a lot of spin and a lot of stories, a lot of agenda can't help but wonder. But we can uh, we can leave that for for another day. Cool. Well, um, we will. We will, I would be interested to see if there would be a a journalist that would even come on, knowing that that would be the topic. And then they may be. There may be. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a journalist, and I, if someone if Trent Krim was on, he would be honest with us, and he's a colossal prick, according to Roy, too. So, I mean, I'm a journalist, and I would do that. I've I've actually said it on shows that I I think we've I think we've lost the public trust. I think our coverage of of coronavirus was god-awful as an institution. And I think we've lost the public trust. It's hard to get it back when you lose it. You can, but it's hard. Just like a marriage, dude. You lose trust in a marriage, man. It's it's hard to get it back. It has to be rebuilt brick by brick. Yep, Brick by brick. And that's hard work, and most people are unwilling to do it. So we'll wrap up there. Hope you all enjoy uh, your weekend. Hope you have a great one. Weather's crazy. It's actually cold in Oxford right now after. Cold here too, man. It's bizarre. Storm days. Yeah. If this is any sign of what's to come in April and May, it's going to be. Well, and the devil dust is everywhere, man. I don't know if you're, 
black. I don't know what color your truck is. Mine's black, but it is like green right now. Really? Yeah. It's not like it's, I'm sure it's coming here. I haven't seen a lot of the devil dust yet. I'm lucky. Dude, I'm lucky. I don't, I don't, everywhere. I don't have a lot of sinus issues, but everyone else in my family does. Yeah. So um, anyway, all right, we'll stop there. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Don't forget, it's Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Get in touch with the people there at Pinnacle Trust. Make sure you tell them when you call them uh, that you heard about them on our podcast, on our network of podcasts, and um, in the event that they earn your business, and I suspect that they will, if you'll tell them that, uh, you get 10% off your first year's fees. So for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care.